<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Did you know that 40 million adults over the age of 18 have anxiety? Thanks to COVID, that number is on the rise with nearly half of Americans reporting the coronavirus is harming their mental health. But even before the pandemic, the prevalence of mental illness among adults is increasing. A whopping 9.7% have severe major depression. And this rate is highest among youth who identify as more than one race at 12.4%. Despite the staggering stats, mental health is still stigmatized in our modern society, which prevents anyone from reaching out for help. This continued stigma is what inspired two friends, Brittany So and Jasper Guest, to create a platform that not only raised mental health awareness, but provided support for those in need through the power of letter writing. Their hope? To start a ripple effect of openness so others may feel comfortable to share their own story too. So today, I'm so excited to dive into this incredible and important initiative with Brittany and Jasper and tap into the triumphs and the highs, along with the struggles and hardships that come with being a quote unquote, successful woman. So today we're going to talk about September letters. So let's go ahead and welcome the ladies. Welcome, Brittany and Jasper. Let's start at the beginning. Can you remember the first time you guys met? So I actually had to be reminded of this the other day, but actually through work, I was doing a publicity thing for champagne. And I think you were thinking I was going to DJ, but really I just stood there by the DJ table because I couldn't. I remember that. That's so funny. (laughs) I knew her, one of her publicists at the time and they were like, Brittany would be great for this project. And I was like, great. And so we had to hang out that night to work and we actually like liked each other, which was such a nice surprise, you know? And so we just kind of hung out. I think we drank some kind of tequila together and we were like, let's be friends. And that was really what happened. I love it. I mean, I miss meeting people at events. That is for sure. Or just being out or being at work or being somewhere and just having those sort of uh, happenstance moments uh, that turn into these beautiful types of relationships. But I also would love to just dive into your personal relationship with mental health. 
And how did it connect for both of you and when you came together and how did it strengthen your friendship overall? I've always been a big advocate of mental health in general, but also mental health journeys and people's stories. And I've worked a lot with different organizations over over the years, the Jed Foundation. Um, I started Love Is Louder with a friend of mine. It's always been kind of in the in the back of my mind that this is something that I really gravitate towards. And then when I found out that Jasper and I were so kindred and we became friends and that she was a big proponent of mental health as well. It kind of just all aligned in that way. I had wanted to start something a little bit different than love is louder. And Jasper has been such a cheerleader in not only helping me, but being such a founder of ideas and, and making me do things when I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I like this idea. And it's been just so, so nice for it to all come together. So symbiotic. Absolutely. And Jasper, what about you? You know, I've always done a lot of charity work because it's something that is really important to me. And, you know, my experience with mental health stemmed a lot from my physical condition when I was younger. And I really didn't have kind of a mental health crisis until I got older into the work situation. But I've always had this desire to help. And, and Brittany has like been in the public eye talking about breaking the stigma with mental health for so long. And she and I just really bonded on our passion to help people. And I think that sometimes sounds a little bit like rainbow bright care bears, but you know, we really do want to help people. And, and that's really what September letters is all about. So let's talk about September letters. Like it's this collaboration over competition mentality that really led you to start this new initiative, September letters. So can you share your personal story behind the platform and how that moment evolved into September letters? So a really long time ago, I was a teenager, like all of us, and I was going through a really difficult time and I didn't really know what I, what I had necessarily. I didn't even know if there was anything wrong per se. I just knew I was doing some funny stuff and my mental health was all over the place, but I didn't have a place to really put all these feelings. And I read a magazine article and there was a woman who was going through similar things and she'd overcome what I was going through. And she put into words exactly how I was feeling. I mean, to a T, the things that she was doing with food, the things that she was thinking about, how she was dressing. And I thought to, for the first time in my life, wow, I have something that's not just me going crazy. It's, it's actually a disease. It's a disorder. I ripped it out. I carried around that article in my back pocket for months and months because it was this beacon of, of a symbol that I could maybe get better like she did. And and it was the first time that I recognized myself in someone else's words. And it was my impetus to get better. And then many years later, I did a, an article for a magazine and I shared my story. And I think I shared about how that article influenced me. And I was at a coffee shop one day and a girl came up to me and she, she pulled out my article that I had written out of her back pocket and said that that had helped her get better. And it was this very full circle moment where I realized that, you know, just because I was sh sharing my story in hopes of someone else hearing it, like the woman did for me, I did it for someone else. And then maybe this woman could do the same thing. And so that's how September letters started was this idea that although our stories are unique and so different, they all connect us and we are so connected. And that connection is what gets us better. Wow. That's incredible. And what a moving story. And I think that's so true. I think sometimes, especially when it comes to mental health, you can't articulate 
what you're feeling. And it's so hard to pull yourself out of that. But seeing someone else going through the same thing, I think is such a collective experience that can pull you out of, you know, whatever it is that you're going through. So, you know, I think we can credit so much of our success to the strong women we surround ourselves with all about women supporting women and making an impact together, which you two are obviously doing. So how have women in your life helped you along the way? And what advice would you give to women struggling to find their footing in dealing with failure or dealing with disappointment or dealing with depression, those types of things, Jasper? For me, I just want to say, I think the word failure is such a, a difficult word for me to absorb. And, you know, I've had a lot of disappointments for sure. And I've had a lot of challenges and obstacles, but all of those moments, and Brittany and I were talking about this before, have really allowed me to clear the path, like rejection is protection, or allow me to pivot in a way that when I look back, when I'm in it, it doesn't feel great. But when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was really a fundamental moment in my career and my trajectory. And I'm so grateful for it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have grown in, in this capacity. So for, for me, that's been really important. For women, supporting women, I think is so important. And it's such an amazing thing. Like what you're doing with Create and Cultivate is just such an incredible time in, in history, really, for women to really rise up together. But when I started out my own company, you know, 10 years ago, that was not happening. And I definitely didn't have support. I remember feeling being like, really? Like, what are you doing? You know? So I actually didn't have support from women. I mean, now I have like an incredible community and I'm really lucky to have friends and, and people that I rely on for advice. But that's one of the things why I feel so passionate helping women. Now I'm always like trying to help someone somewhere because I know how that feels when you feel really alone, which really circles back to September letters, right? It's that concept of you're really not alone. You just have to share your story and you see that so many other people are, are going through the same thing you're going through. Before we get into that, let's take a quick break to chat about saving money. If you're a routine work party listener, you know that we love to talk about money. It's one of the most requested topics on the show, how to earn it, how to invest it, how to spend it wisely, and of course, how to save it. Every dollar counts when you're trying to save, especially during difficult financial times such as these. Enter the latest money-saving hack, digital couponing. And no, I'm not referring to clipping coupons out of newspapers. Coupons.com now has an app. No clipping, no getting the Sunday paper, and no forgetting your coupons at home. Here's how it works. Download the coupons.com app, tap the cashback offers you want, and upload an itemized receipt after your shopping trip to receive your cashback via PayPal. You could earn cash back from online or in-person shopping trips. There's no minimum amount required to redeem your cash back, and you can use it at almost any store from Whole Foods to 7-Eleven to Target. I'm a saver by nature, so I love to let my savings build and cash out once I've saved enough to cover an entire grocery trip or my favorite bottle of wine. The app has hundreds of coupons to choose from, and they're always adding new ones. The way I see it, grocery shopping is a necessity anyway, so why not get paid to shop the items you're already buying? It's a no-brainer. Download the coupons.com app on your iPhone or Android today. It's completely free and totally easy. Again, download the coupons.com app today on the Apple App Store or Google Play and get groceries and get paid. Show your support for our show by giving love to our brand partners. Thanks so much for listening. And now let's get back to the episode. I think for me, I didn't have that support, which is why I started creating Cultivate because I felt like there has to be women, other women out there who are going through this and feeling the same way I'm feeling right. where they don't have those resources or access to information that they would need to help them build a better business. So I love that. It's a little bit of like a parallel path. So Brittany, what is your biggest hope for September letters? And also what has been the biggest challenge in launching this initiative? 
The thing that I found back when I, I've done other initiatives or in general, when it comes to mental health is I hate the word stigma because I feel like it's so overused, but there is such a stigma around sharing your truth. And there's this shame or guilt that you are a bad person. There's something wrong with you. If you have gone through some sort of struggle the other day, my mom was helping me move. And I mean, I won't get too personal because I love my mom, but I was asking her about how she is. And I was really asking her how she was doing. And I said, you know, maybe you should try this self-help book or this one or whatever. And she was like, Oh no, I do not do self-help books. And I just remember thinking, you know, that's so odd. It's such a generational thing, but also there's mm -hmm. some stigma around needing help or going through um, a rough time. And I think with September letters specifically, just opening that conversation and allowing people to feel okay, that you're not at all faulted or, or broken by sharing what's going on with you. We all have something that we've overcome. And I find the most beautiful people and the deepest souls are the people that have the craziest journeys. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. And what I think September letters hopefully will do is, is connect more people and help people feel not as alone. And I, I hope people read the letters. <laughs> I hope people read more. That's, I love reading. Where did reading go? Yeah, let's keep reading. I, I want to uh, read this quote from the website that states, although our circumstances may be unique, we can share in the empathy that we need each other's strength and connection. I thought that was so beautiful, so eloquent, and so true. So how can we encourage more empathy and understanding in people to, to your point, to destigmatize mental health and help those who need it? I really think it's as simple as people having a conversation and, and feeling the strength and the need to connect with people, especially right now, connection is so important, not only because of COVID, but because of how we're always on our phones and we're always glued to this sort of cause and effect validation of like, if I do this, do I get this? And it's not necessarily about the connection that you receive or like talking to the other person. And I think that is so crucial, especially for September letters, because just what we've seen with the website is that it's been so beautiful to see people talking to each other over the website saying, this really helped me. I went through the same thing. Thank you for sharing your story. And I think those conversations and the little acts that people can do for each other is the beginning of destigmatizing mental health, I would hope. And I think it's happening. I think the more and more people are sharing the, the more and more people are finding their own voice, which I think is huge specifically for women. Yeah. And I totally agree. My mom is the exact same way. Like she would be so offended if I was like, you need a self-help book. Like it makes her think something's wrong, but then seeing women like yourself and other influential and powerful women say, Hey, me too. And I have this situation also that I think is giving young women and, you know, even older women like myself, like the feeling of like, okay, it's normal to feel this way. It should not be stigmatized. And there is ways to get help or feel better. And that's okay too. So Jasper, I want to go to you as the co-founder of September letters. What has been the response so far and what are your plans for the future? I do see a shop coming soon note on the website. So would love a little bit more information there. You know, Brittany and I worked on September letters for a little over the, over a year. So, you know, to be in like your own little bubble and you know how this is when you plan something and you're by yourself and you think it works, you talk to your dogs, you talk to your, like, there weren't a lot of people we were talking to about planning this. So I think she and I really had really nothing. We didn't expect anything. And the, the fact that we've received hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of letters has been so empowering and overwhelming and also 
emotional, you know, reading all these letters, seeing people share their stories, their willingness to share their stories. I mean, we just talked about how a lot of people are maybe not willing to step up to the plate. And the ability also that September letters is like, if you don't want to share your story, that's okay too. You can just kind of come in, read, take it to where you want to take it to. And I think that that's so important. And for us, you know, we are expanding. We have a lot of fun, cool collabs planned for 2021, which will expand the whole thing. But for us, it's always been, and really for Brittany, like the number one thing for us has always been community and keeping that community in a safe environment where people can really correspond. And that's what I think we're both so proud of with September Letters is that it has the ability for people to go on and share, but also to kind of have a conversation within each other and comment on each other's letters or request a letter. Yeah. And like you said, you've been working on this for over a year. So pre-COVID, pre-2020. So (laughs) going into 2020 and launching when this is happening, unsurprisingly, nearly half of Americans report the coronavirus is harming their mental health. How has this COVID-19 and quarantine impacted your own mental health, but also how has it impacted your business? I can't even imagine you know, there's so much happening this year, way more intense, I would say, than any other given year, collectively, as a country, as a world, you know, how did that impact you at at launch? It definitely put a lot of uh, more time into it, but it also was so necessary because it felt like, wow, this was maybe meant to be because it was something that I needed even selfishly to do for myself, which was start something that really didn't have anything to do with me gaining anything. And I think that's, what's been huge with COVID right now is people are really having a reset of what's important. Things are being stripped away and moving around and people are reevaluating what they find important. And I think what we're finding right now more than anything is empathy and connection has to be at the top of our list because if we don't have that, then everything crumbles. And so I think that's the crux of September letters is empathy is that understanding that we're all human. We're all in this together. We all come from the same place. And I think that that's what COVID has really done is that no one is immune to this. And so we all have to band together. I think also there's a way more willingness to even talk about mental health. And I think if we had launched, we weren't ready to launch, but even before COVID, now people are like, oh, mental health, I have this problem. I totally get it. When before, I mean, Brittany has been on the mental health and so have I for so long. People weren't as open to discussing as it, like mm-hmm. as they are now, which I think is such an interesting seismic shift in society as a whole. Well, I think this was the, not the first, but one of the most impactful collective traumas that people have experienced together. Like no one was unharmed by this situation, whether it's your business or your health or whatever it could be. So, I mean, I think at that point, it's like, you can't not have this conversation because it's just happening to everyone. So I think that's really important as well. Um, I do also want to ask you about your nonprofit organization that you're partnering with, Bring Change to Mind. Can you tell us a little bit about this organization and why it aligns so well with your mission? So we partnered with Bring Change to Mind, which is a great organization founded originally by Glenn Close. And what we really loved about them and what we found when we were looking um, at, at charities, because we knew that we wanted to align with a partner who 
you know, really saw our mission and really wanted to back us. And they have such a great perspective on the narrative of of everything and, and storytelling and really finding that through storytelling and through speaking your truth and, and speaking about mental illness, there is so much healing and connection. And that's exactly what we were doing with September letters. So it was, it was a perfect alignment and they've been great to work with. And really it's just been nice to kind of brainstorm ideas with them and think about different ways that we can help out. Um, it's been really nice. That's amazing. What an incredible cause. So let's talk a little bit about social media. So obviously a blessing and a curse, you know, we obviously understand the benefits of it from a business and community perspective, but it can be so hard to separate the filtered highlight reels from the real, real life things that everyone is going through. So Brittany, for you, what is your relationship with social media and how do you separate your life from the grid version so that it doesn't impact your mental health negatively? I have such a love-hate relationship with social media and it's more on the hate side than love side. So it, it depends on the day. It's kind of like a, like an ex-boyfriend that you haven't talked to in a while. You're like, mm, I hate you today. I really do use it as a tool or I try to, and I try to use it to my benefit, but I also have to keep my mental health at the forefront of social media. And I think a lot of people don't put those two together, but it's so combined. It's so aligned our validations is so weirdly screwed up in this, how we get validation from what other people are thinking about us. And that's human and that's normal, but now it's so connected to our hands and on our phone. So I really try to put boundaries around social media. I give myself like an hour where I'm going to do things. I'm sure people who follow me are like, wow, she posts like everything all at one time um, because I'm only on it for an hour because I, I miss things. If I, if I'm on it too long, I miss you know, something happening in the world that I should have known about. And I also don't think that we should know everything about everyone all the time. And so I would really like to not spend a lot of time on there because I like finding things out. And so, yeah, boundaries is probably my one word that I use for it because I I'm a much happier person when I put my life first and not what I want people to view my life as. Amen on every level of that. And Jasper, for you, obviously women are getting this perfectionism type thing coming from Instagram, whether it's like looking a certain way or constantly being on vacation or having the house of your dreams or being in a perfect relationship. It goes on and on and on. So how can we encourage more women to dish perfection and embrace themselves? Um, and how do you hope to do that through September letters? You know, I think it's really important, especially because this is a little bit tied into social media of you really shouldn't follow all these people. And I so echo what Brittany just said there, there needs to be some mystery left. Like, I don't think you should know everyone's like, wow, you got a dog. And then you get on the phone with them. And then you're just like, how did you know I got a dog? Oh, Instagram, you know, it's like this weird, bizarre thing. So I think it's really important to kind of leave some mystery. And also I don't follow anyone on social media that I don't know. Like, I don't know the whole world. So I'm only following like the select group of people. And, and I think that that makes a big difference because having those boundaries. And I also know from the brand side of what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, how much is curated. And I think that once you understand how media works, it takes a little bit of the sparkle away from it. And so then you're like, well, is this real? Is this not? And September letters is, you know, really a place that we're trying to build that is just a community and it's a respite from the entire world of social media, right? We don't want to post about yachts or islands or all these different things that people can go to. We're not going to Columbia on vacation. Like it's all about people's letters. It's about inspirational quotes It's to give people inspiration and a little bit of a 
mental health break from social media? Because Brittany's absolutely right. Like there is such a correlation. And I think more and more studies are coming out about it, that social media is toxic to your mental health. And people really do need to put up those parameters. And so we understand you need social media. And of course, September Letters is on Pinterest and on Instagram. But we really try to make it all about the message and, and the words and, and how people can be part of that community. I totally agree with you. I think there's this layer of social media. I mean, to your point, we work in it. So it's like, we kind of see how the sausage is made. So we know like a lot goes into these different things. It's not so uh, specific. But then again, I talk to people like my sister who works in a totally different industry and just thinks this is normal life that there should, you should have massive mansions and this, or why am I not feeling this way? Even if I know so much about inside, I can't help but feel like, God, am I not doing enough? Like, am I not successful enough? Am I not pretty enough? And like, you can't help but feel that way. And we, we were on the cusp of social media launching. So thinking about the next generation who has had it day one, the effects of it, I mean, assumably on your mental health are going to be huge. So when it comes to anxiety and build this building of anxiety, what does that look like for you? And how do you manage it day to day and big picture? Do you do meditation? Um, are you on certain medications? I know myself, I've been on antidepressants for over 10 years. And it was something that I was always nervous to talk about, or like, didn't feel like I should talk about. And now it's something I definitely talk about more openly. But you know, I was having panic attacks in my 20s, feeling overwhelmed and overworked and, and launching my own thing and feeling very alone and being a female entrepreneur. And really that's what led to starting Crane Cultivate, but would love to hear a little bit about your journeys as well. Thanks for sharing that as well, because I totally relate and echo that as well, that I've tried all of the things, all of the things that you can do. I've done them all. Something that like really resonates with me too, is that I, I find that people that I really look up to have anxiety about social media as well. For example, I read an article the other day about Naomi Watts, who she says that she, I don't want to blow her up, but she said she, when she ever, she posts something on Instagram, she immediately gets anxious and she wants to take it down and she's freaking out. And I was like, wow, me too. And it just makes me feel so better that we're in this together. This is such a weird medium. It's still kind of new and it's not how we should base our self-worth. So knowing that other people are anxious about this makes me feel more comfortable. And then in terms of like general life, I have so many tools that I use and, and it's happened over the years that I've kind of refined that toolbox, Jasper and I both really are big proponents of hypnotherapy. I love reading. I have a book that I'm reading all the time so I can at least go to a place when I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed. I try meditating, but it's never a good fit for me. So I listen to podcasts. <laughs> I'm obsessed with podcasts. So I just like put on a podcast and walk around and I, and I really do have a great support system as well. And I think that when you get those things and, and you kind of have the toolbox um, ready and available, it does become a lot easier, but I'm not immune to, to any of that. I feel like I'm having an anxiety attack all the time. I think having that toolbox is so important and maybe someone watching will be like, well, I don't understand what that means. And I think what's really important is understanding what your toolbox is for you before something happens. You know, okay. so for me, you know, Brittany and I have this shared love of hypnotherapy. I, just, I do, I do meditate. I go out for walks. I try to keep my physical health up, which is really important part of my mental health. I'm a big, you know, spiritual believer. So I have 
you know, a psychic on speed dial, all these different people kind of help me get through certain elements of my life. But when you're in the throes of anxiety, which of course I have, or a panic attack or whatever, and thank you for sharing your story. That's just so important to be so vocal about it. You know, that's when you can be like, oh yeah, I can do this, this or that. And that's not the time to figure it out. So there's just so many different types of things available right now. And everything is available on the internet. I mean, it can be free, you know, you don't even have to, there's no like barrier of cost. So that's what I think is so interesting. And I think it's important for anyone watching this. If you are suffering and you are a female founder and you're building your own company and we all have anxiety when you do that, you should have some sort of toolbox that you can default to when you have those moments of like high anxiety. Yeah. And like the thing that was interesting was I didn't even realize I was having panic attacks. I didn't even know what it was. I just was like, why am I hysterically crying? Can't catch my breath. Like, I just thought I was being emotional or upset about something. And then it was one of those things that like, it took me time to figure that out because there wasn't a lot of resources online at that time, especially specifically tying towards like female founder depression and all these things that go on. And then it took building up the toolbox and to your point, like coping mechanisms to feel when you're like, Oh, I'm burning out. Oh, I, it's, I'm not good. Like I need to go for a walk or I don't do meditation either. I like cannot get on board, but like listening to podcasts or whatever it might be. Like, I think that's really important. And you guys both talked about having a support system. So who are the people you guys turn to when you're feeling down and what advice do you have for people listening who are looking to set up a similar support network? You know, my friends have been some of my best friends for so long. And also I have one of my managers is, um, she's going to love this because she loves create and cultivate. Um, but she's <laughs> like my spiritual go-to, I mean, I, I keep trying to find, and I think that this is so great that this happens, but I always seem to align with people who have like a very spiritual path. And, and, and I feel like we align on that. And so it just always centers me a little bit when I get on the phone with somebody who's like-minded in that way. And that we realize that I'm either obsessing about the future or trying to change the past. And I'm not really thinking about what's actually true. What's actually true right now is there's nothing wrong right now. And I can get so in my head. I love obsessing. It's my favorite thing to do. I'll obsess all day long and it'll be the best day, but it actually winds me up on the floor. So I try to talk to people who know that about me and accept me and love me unconditionally. And they know that I love to spin out and can just say the same thing to me every time, like Brittany, where are you right now? Are you in the future? Are you in the past, you know, and get here. And my friends know that about me. Jasper, what about you? Who's in your support system? You know, it's taken a, a long time for me to build a community. I think it's very isolating when you're a female founder and you do something that people don't necessarily relate to. Now everyone relates to it, but I think before they did it. So, you know, I have, you know, my mom, I have my hypnotherapist, I have a psychic, I have an astrologer, I have all these people that I go to, I have friends who just really get me. And I think also it's important to keep that circle really tight. Cause I did go through a couple of years ago, like, Oh, all these people don't align with my current state of growth. And maybe they don't really understand where I'm coming from. You know, I think to Brittany's point, it's just, it's so nice that when someone really understands who you are truly that they can understand when you are spinning out or when you are, you know, going to a different level and they can just kind of just listen. You know, I think a lot of people don't just listen to what people have to say. So building that community, I remember being a teenager and being like, how do you build a community? Like, I don't even know anyone. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's always the hardest thing, but it's like you build it with one person and then it kind of goes from there. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that's so true. Now, th there's so many opportunities for community out there, but I do think IRL relationships are so, so, so important. And to your point, knowing your friends well enough to know when to 
check in. And there's this meme that gets like posted a lot, but it's like, just because I carry it all so well doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. And I think that's so true of women, right? It's like we put on the strong face. We put on like the, I can deal, I can deal, I can deal. But oftentimes women don't put themselves first and, you know, self-care isn't selfish, but they can feel like it's selfish because they're prioritizing everything else in their lives. So what advice do you have for women that are struggling to implement, you know, self-care, mental health into their, their daily routine? Cause they just, they're putting everything else before them. I, I relate to those women. I am one of those women. I come from a very strong woman who's my mom, who never would ask for help. I mean, she's at the airport and she's taking all of her bags and there will be a man who wants to help her and she will say no. And I, you know, as a little girl, I'm like, yeah, like that's really cool and strong to be, to be like in charge and, and never ask for help. But I think over time you realize that it's not weak to ask for help. It's not weak to put yourself first. It's not weak to take a break, to let people know that you need help. It doesn't mean that like, you don't have it all. I mean, you just, you can't do everything alone. You're not, you know, a superhero. I mean, maybe some people are, but what I've learned and the experience that I've had is that things definitely crumble when I don't take care of myself first, when I don't put my peace, my calm before everything else, because then I can't be a good person or a good friend to anybody else. And I think I'm being a good friend because I'm putting their needs before mine, but really it doesn't work out that way. I, I give an example where like my wedding, it was raining. It was cold. There was before the shutdown, like the day or two before the whole world shut down. And I was so obsessed with how my, my friends were doing and I was scared. Everybody was going to get sick and I was obsessing and freaking out. And I ended up just not being present and not really being there. And I wasn't the best friend that I could have been because I was so obsessed with what everybody else's experience was. And so I really think that people have to put their own life mask on before they help others. Oh my God. I have a similar wedding story. That's so funny. Oh, really? oh, that makes me feel better. <laughs> like my venue canceled on us like four months before our wedding. It was like a disaster on disaster. It the night before we didn't have a rain plan like anything that could have gone wrong was like wrong and I was and I'm an event planner and so I was just like the flowers aren't right this isn't right and I spun out in like the most intense way and I feel like I was able to pull it together towards the end like where but like (laughs) but I was so mad at myself after because I was like you let everything like who cared no one cared that the flower was yellow when it was supposed to be pink or whatever like it's so it's hard. It's hard, but you can't be hard on yourself either. But I want to talk a little bit about happiness on a lighter note. So how do you both personally view happiness? What is your relationship with happiness? And is is it something that you are in pursuit of, or do you simply enjoy the fleeting moments as they sort of come and go? Jasper, you can go first. I think I don't really believe in happiness. I think that we've made this word like happiness. Like, you know, like we want to be enlightened and actually you don't because that growth is sucks. You know, it hurts. It's hard, whatever. And I think we're all searching for happiness when, you know, I think the word is really just finding joy in every moment. Like I'm finding joy with like hanging out with Brittany, my friend and you and talking. And like, I found joy even like when I'm crying in my closet and like something really bad happened and my dog comes on my lap and licks my face. Like that's a moment of joy. You know what I mean? And I think that we have like talking about like just mental health in a conversation. We've pinned so much to this word that we're not able to achieve because I don't think that's really life. Life is 
a little bit tough. It's about growth. Like I'm here to learn some lessons on this planet and to make it a better place, but in no means is every day going to be this like incredible, joyous whipped cream cloud experience, you know? And so for me, I'm just like very grateful, very appreciative to have the opportunities that I have and really define the moments of joy every day that like, Hey, I woke up today. This is an accomplishment. And I'm able to walk out from my bed to walk my dog outside. And that's really how I, I, I view it. I will need photos of your dog after this. Oh dog. Um, just well, throwing that out there. <laughs> Billy, who's her dog and Quinn's my dog are really right. should be the ones on this, on this zoom today. I mean, literally my Instagram is all my dog, but, um, I, I totally agree. I think there's been this huge weight on moments in your life, your wedding, buying a house, graduating, whatever. And it, what's weird is as someone who's gone through all those moments, there was no big, like, kind moment of, of rush. It's kind of a letdown, like, not to be like, but it's just like, oh, like, am I supposed to feel different? Like, this is a big moment. Am I supposed to feel different? But like, you just kind of feel the same. And you're like, okay. Like, but I love that idea of like the little moments are actually the most impactful versus like the big ones that you think are going to completely change the way you feel. But Brittany, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I, I completely agree with that. There's this great quote that Marianne Williamson says in her book, and she talks about miracles just being a shift in perspective and how you're really just asking for a miracle. You're not asking for these like grandiose things and this clouds parting, but you're asking for a, just a shift in how you view what's going on. And I, I truly feel that that is happiness. A lot of times when I can find the fact that I'm content and and joyous when I'm doing something that I didn't realize I would be happy doing. I think those are the biggest, the biggest miracles. And yeah, I mean, just taking in those tiny moments and being so grateful. And that's what we find with September letters and the letters that we have read the amount of gratitude and the amount of strength that people have. And they seem happy because they've overcome so many obstacles. I really feel like those obstacles need to be appreciated because it gets you to the point where you have that perspective. Yeah, that that's such a great way of looking at it. It's so, so true. And like, as someone, you know, who's been through so much and gone through so many different things, like looking back at all those moments where I thought I would never recover, you know, emotionally drained nightmare, you always come back. There's, we you always get through it. But at the moment, it's just when you feel that sense of dread, I, I totally get that. But I love that your perspective on that as well. So we're going to wrap with some rapid fire questions. Okay. Jasper, this one's for you. If there were more hours in the day, I would... Oh, learn French. Brittany, my definition of success is... Waking up every morning excited to do what you're doing or inspired to do what you're doing. Jasper, the three qualities that got me where I am today? Perceptive. I'm very appreciative. And my ability to pivot. Mm, especially this year, for sure. Brittany, the moment I felt I made it was? Oh, I don't think I've made it. I don't know. I, you know, it's funny. I don't like the word it in terms of success because I, you know, like the it girl or like made it, like you're getting it or whatever. It's like, what is it? Where is this, this goal? <laughs> There's this like thing that you were trying to get to, but then once you get to it, like then what happens? You just go down, you go to the other yeah. side. That's no fun. I don't want to go there. So I, I feel like I hopefully continuously search for, you know, a different way. And like Jasper said, pivot to like the next challenge. Whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to be continually making it. It's those big moments. Those are yeah, the moments. It, yeah. That feels very like it's over. Yeah. You know, it's limited. Sure. 
And we'll wrap on a final question. Um, who is a woman that inspires you, Jasper? My mom. Mom, Brittany? I'm gonna say Jasper. Oh, she's like, well, great. I went first. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was amazing. Um, can you tell us more about where we can find September Letters online? Septemberletters.com. You can write a letter, you can read a letter, request a letter, and also you can be anonymous if you don't want to leave your name. It's just a really great community for you to share your story and get some help. Amazing. Thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you. Thank you. For more inspiring conversations like this one, subscribe to Work Party on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. Work Party.